Hello and welcome to the Curious Choice Leader podcast. I'm your host, Becca Prado, and it's time to step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. This show is dedicated to helping experts like you become the leader you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it, whether it's your own business or someone else's. In the last episode, we talked about trust and how working in environments with a high level of trust between people makes everything else easier. So, naturally, we want to cultivate more of it. Trust is a living, organic thing that grows between people. And despite what I commonly see talked about, you can't manufacture it and you can't force somebody to trust you. Instead, we need to be trustworthy. And that's based on four foundational cores, integrity, intent, capability and results. We talked about those in the last episode. So if you missed it or if you want a refresher, you can always go back and listen again. In this episode, we're going to explore how you can bring those four foundational cores to life, the behaviours that demonstrate them as a leader and the ones that can undermine them and can have a negative impact on the trust in your relationships. So are you ready? It's time to get curious about the behaviours that demonstrate you're trustworthy and make some choices about how you show others that they can trust you. I think we all like to think that we are trustworthy. Very few of us set out to betray someone else's trust. So this may seem like a strange topic to discuss. And if we were all perceived as being as trustworthy as we like to think we are, cultivating high trust work environments would indeed not be a good subject for discussion. Yet somewhere between the principle we set ourselves to be trustworthy and how trustworthy we're perceived to be, something goes wrong. And those things that go wrong are down to the things that we do to demonstrate those four foundational cores of being trustworthy. We can't control how someone else sees us and interprets our behaviours, but we absolutely have a choice about how we behave, the things we say and the things that we do. It's also worth saying up front that we're not going to get all of this right all of the time. And probably the most useful way I've come across for thinking about trust is to think of it like a bank account. You can do things that make a deposit and you can do things that make withdrawals from this trust account. To get a dividend from having a high trust working environment, you need to keep this account in credit and as far in credit as possible, so that when we accidentally make a withdrawal, we don't go overdrawn and start to pay the penalties and make everything else we do harder. As a leader, we need to actively manage those trust bank accounts with each person in our team and with the team as a whole. The idea of the four cores of being trustworthy came from the book The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey and Rebecca R. Merrill, and it's a book I highly recommend if you're looking to dig a little deeper into these concepts. So let's look at each of the foundational cores in turn and think about how each can make deposits into these trust accounts or make a withdrawal. Many of the behaviours we're going to talk about demonstrate more than one of the foundational cores. And as we go through, I hope that you'll see how interrelated they are and why demonstrating all four cores matters. The first foundational core of trust is integrity. That is being honest and then standing by your principles, even if there's a personal cost to you. It's doing what you say you'll do when you say you'll do it. The key behaviours here are being honest, telling the truth and keeping your word. As a leader, it's about being clear where you stand on issues and being open and genuine and transparent. When your team knows what matters to you and what is and is not okay with you, it's much easier for them to trust you and perform well. It's the equivalent of them knowing what court they're playing a game on and avoids them, say, trying to play tennis on a football pitch. Obviously, the opposites of these kind of behaviours are telling lies, being deceptive and covering things up. But there's also a dangerous middle ground where you're trying to appear clear and transparent, but in reality, you're spinning facts, you're positioning yourself, you're following a hidden agenda and withholding information. These behaviours all erode trust over time, 
And I'm sure you can think of a manager who spun facts to you and then spun them differently to somebody else. How bad that left you feeling and how you trusted them less as a result. As a leader, the watch out here is this can happen even over seemingly little things like telling someone they're important and then taking a call in the middle of your conversation with them. Acting with integrity as a leader also shows how you hold yourself and others to account. How important are deadlines? How do you keep the commitments you make to your team? Obviously, we want to avoid breaking our promises, so we need to make commitments with care. But we also need to avoid being evasive and only making vague commitments that can't be pinned down. We need to avoid playing the blame game and pointing fingers when things go wrong. When we do that, we make a huge withdrawal from the trust account, not only of the person we're blaming, but also from the rest of the team who'll see what's happened. So, when things do go wrong, as they inevitably will, we need to make sure we don't sweep it under the carpet, but that we tackle the issues. We need to admit it if we've made a mistake. We need to apologise quickly. We need to put things right as fast as we can. As well as holding ourselves to account when things go wrong, we need to do the same for the people in our team. We need to make it easy for them to tell us when mistakes happen. Our reactions in that moment matter and will impact how likely anyone in the team is to talk to us about these kind of things in the future. Another way we show our integrity and make it easier for those around us to trust us is the way we talk about people. When we show our loyalty and talk highly of people, especially when they're not there, when we speak up for others that aren't present, and when we pass the credit to the person who deserves it, other people become more confident in us. I remember one very senior leader I was doing some work for, who, when I was in the room, was full of praise for what I was doing, but who I later found out was taking the credit for himself in front of his boss, the CEO. I was very hurt, not because the recognition itself was important to me, but because I felt betrayed and it certainly left me very wary of him in the future and less motivated to work with him. The next foundational core is intent. What are your motives for doing what you do? If people believe your intentions are good, they're more likely to trust you. We find it harder to trust, say, politicians, whose intent we think is self-centred and whose motives we believe are about gaining power. This is also a dynamic we see play out in our workplaces. There are two elements we need to consider with intent what our intent actually is, and then how people perceive our intents, and our leadership needs to reflect that. Firstly, as leaders, we need to check in with ourselves about our intents. Why really are we doing the things we're doing? This is one of the many areas where applying our curiosity inwards is important, with some good reflective practices. This can be as simple as asking ourselves at the start of each meeting what our intent is in that meeting. I also think it's a really important question to ask yourself when you're planning anything. By knowing what your intentions are, as well as what you're going to deliver with this plan, you can make sure you're delivering the right things in the right way. How someone perceives our intent is going to be very personal to them, their beliefs, their values and their previous experiences, not just with you. We can't change those, but we can be very clear and very consistent about our intentions. We talked before about being transparent and clear. Well, stating and being clear about our intentions is important too. And we can weave that into our day-to-day management practices. For example, when we delegate, explaining why things need doing in a certain way and what we're trying to achieve by doing them. Being really clear about our expectations also helps people understand those intentions. We also demonstrate our intent in how we treat people. Are you consistently respectful to everybody, even those who can't help you? I know more than one company who asked the receptionist for feedback on interview candidates for this very reason. If someone behaves differently with someone they perceive will not be part of the interview process, this throws up red flags to the interview panel. When we're looking to create a high trust environment, one of the most powerful ways we can share that intent 
is to extend our trust to other people first. It's very tempting, especially when someone's new or when there's lots of change, to micromanage or to delegate without giving someone true authority to do things. But when we do this, we're actually signalling that we don't trust them. Yes, our teams need our support and help, especially when something's new. But we can grow trust in those moments by how we extend trust through the delegation process while keeping just the right amount of control overall so someone can learn without things going catastrophically wrong. The third foundational core is capability. This is about having the skills and knowledge to do what you do, and it's about using them and about keeping them up to date. We trust people who have the capabilities we need and use them appropriately. This is an area where your skills as a curious choice maker are really going to come to the fore. When you ask great questions and listen to understand the answers, explore your area of expertise and seek input from others about theirs. When your team see you working on developing your own skills and knowledge, not only will they do the same, but they'll also know you value learning, that you know your stuff and you're worth listening to. This isn't about showing how expert you are by giving your opinion at every opportunity. It's about listening first, then building a shared understanding rather than listening to give your answer. It's about being able to continuously improve what you and your team do. Not just learning for learning's sake, it's learning and being curious and then making choices so you can get great results. Which leads us to the fourth foundational core, results. As leaders, we'll be more trusted when we have a track record of getting great results. When our reputation is one for getting things done well, on time, on budget and in the right way. We need to balance what we're promising with what we deliver. When we over-promise and under-deliver, people's belief in our ability is dented. And when we under-promise in the first place, we won't be trusted with bigger projects or roles, since if we don't think we can do it, why should they? Even if our track record is one of over-delivering. Big part of delivering results is creating the right environment for people to perform, creating that high-trust environment in the first place. So bringing all the things we've talked about into play is part of delivering results. Getting curious about the situation you and your team are in, confronting the reality of the situation and working on the right things, not avoiding the difficult parts, delegating authority as well as tasks, and being loyal to your team, making the decisions you need to make and being clear on your intent when you do. These are all going to help you build that high trust environment that you need to continually be building in order to be a high performing team. So in this episode, we've looked at how what you do as a leader directly impacts the level of trust in your team and with the people you work with. We've looked at how while you can't make somebody trust you since that's their decision alone, you can show them that you're trustworthy and that it's okay to trust you. How you demonstrate the four cores of trust, your integrity, your intent, your capability and your results matters. Done right, trust grows and you're continually topping up the trust bank account you have with people done wrong and that trust leaks out of the account, eventually leaving you either overdrawn or totally bankrupt. The things I share in this podcast are based on my experience. Some will be more relevant to you than others, and it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with the information I've shared. My hope, my intent, is that you'll find something you can take away and apply. But that's up to you, and that's exactly what being a curious choice leader is all about. Getting curious, building your understanding, then making some choices about what's best for you, your team and your business. So the question I'd like to leave you with is, what behaviour do you need to change to better show those around you that they can trust you? I suggest you pick just one at a time, get really good at it and then pick another one to work on. If you found this episode useful and thought provoking, 
I would love it if you would subscribe and share it with others who you think would find it useful too. It would be brilliant if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to know more about implementing these ideas and creating a high-trust working environment, please get in touch and let's talk about how you can become an even better leader and a leader of change, one curious choice at a time. Visit thecuriouschoiceleader.com where you'll also find a full transcript of this and previous episodes. Thank you for listening and until the next time, stay curious and I look forward to talking with you again soon.